Hello, welcome to our podcast, Two Coffees, Please. A podcast about two caffeine loving sisters who know a little about a lot, talking about everything over a cup of coffee. So grab yours and let's go. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you, sister? I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. How you been? What you been doing? Um, nothing. Watching TV, obviously. You? <laughs> obviously. Well, we are going to talk about the hot topic today. Yeah. So ready. <laughs> um, I was going to say also, because I don't have enough on my plate, um, I want to start picking up knitting. Oh, my God. Because a mom. <laughs> well, there's a lot of um, a lot of knitstagrammers out there that I've seen. Like these girls who wear really cute sweaters that you would find at like H and M. Or I don't want to give. I don't want to say stores, but like really cute sweaters that are like not your grandma's sweater. They're like yeah, but that's like you know high, like advanced people who knows how to do that like you can't just decide to take up knitting and think tomorrow you're gonna make a cute shirt like that's not how it works at least i don't think so i seen you seen mom she takes forever to do like like the little booties and stuff it takes a lot of skill <clears throat> the expert was once a beginner <laughs> i guess i'm just saying you complain oh i'm so busy all the time and mm-hmm. like all right so why are you adding something else to it that's gonna take that's so such time consuming um pastime like you literally have to sit there the whole time but if you want to do it then go ahead enjoy try it out the thing now or never really because you're home the the thing is i like to have a busy schedule like i like to throw in a lot of things and my friend i mean people call me out on it like dude look you you wear yourself out so thin but like I told my friend Andrew a long time ago, I'm not living unless I'm dying. Because I always complain the whole time. Like, ah, I'm so tired. I'm dying. I'm dying. This is so too much. But clearly, I must I must enjoy it secretly. I guess. <laughs> I mean, if those are hobbies that you could take and always stop, then that's fine. I'm sure most of you guys listening have seen the interview with Megan and Harry and Oprah and yeah it's I mean it, like Zio said it does touch up on a lot of heavy heavy things um where do we even <laughs> begin to dissect this interview like what what was the first thing you said oh hell no I'm talking about this on the podcast <laughs> well there was a couple of things and I actually had to jot them down because I want to make sure that I touch on everyone. I don't want to go too far in, but I just wanted to give my opinion on, on what I feel that relationship represents and is at this moment in America and in the UK. So I don't know if everyone knows, but I mean, obviously, you know, I'm in a interracial I'm an interracial couple, so it touches me a different way. <laughs> it touches me a different way because I have to acknowledge that even though 
his family have been so welcoming. There are things that we don't meet at eye. And that's normal when you have interracial couples. Like there's a lot of different upbringings or, you know, background stuff. And I don't want to get into like too specifics, but there's the type of living is different. Regardless if you live, even if you lived in the same town, grew up together, like in the same, you know, area, went to school in the same place. When you come home, your family is different from their family. We don't do the same things. So with that being said, when I did go into this relationship, I knew that I was going into a relationship with someone that was not my um, my background. And I had to be okay with that and understand that they're not going to all like me or they might not like that to us two are going to be together. And same thing with our family. Mm-hmm. And with that comes like, you know, the acceptance part, but then also the lacking part. So with us, right, everyone in our family, like our parents speak English, um, speak Spanish. And it's a little bit hard when um, our significant others don't speak Spanish or have an accent. It's hard for them to communicate. And that's something <laughs> that's something that, you know, that it's not it might not be big, when you know you want to have little conversations here and there, but to build a relationship, you guys need to be able to understand each other. So it's hard to build a relationship when you have a language barrier. By the way, the accent she's talking about is my fiance's thick uh, Scottish accent. Right. I mean, even I like I'm sometimes like, well, you gotta have to slow down because <laughs> I can't understand what you're saying. But you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like it there's and then even words that we say, he doesn't understand. He's like, What is that? And then same thing with some words, English words that he uses. It's different. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard for the old school parents. Now, um, it's easier if your parents are interracial couple or are around that because then it becomes like more easier to adapt but if you're the first couple that is interracial within the family it becomes um you're like the trial you know you're like the the first first couple they're gonna have to get used to everything like figure it out you're the you're the experiment pretty much so i guess what i'm trying to say in in shorter terms is that we always got to go into a relationship that is going to be interracial with the notion that we are not going to be 100% accepted because we are different. And that's something that we're going to have to be okay with. And, you know, either like if they're open to learning and you're open to learning, then great. But you can't expect someone to accept you 100% because that's not going to happen. The other thing is that if their family do accept you, the people around them might not accept you, which means like their coworkers, their friends, or, you know, acquaintances. So now you have to deal with those people. Now, my issue with this interview was that she pretty much said that even though his family were good to her, there were people around who obviously like the paparazzi, whatever they call it over there, and the the media and the people that they... um, The institution. Right. They didn't think highly of her, obviously. They didn't care too much of the relationship and they just accepted it because what else could have they, they've done? I'm sure they had plenty of conversations with him about what this would mean to them. 
but he didn't, I don't think he, he cared much of that because he figured, well, if my family's backing me up, then whatever. The problem was that they weren't backing her up. The family said, yes, we accept her, but we're not going to be loyal to you because they're loyal to their firm. They're loyal to their the crown. Yeah, the crown. So it's like, you know, and you have to be okay with that. And that's when I think it's important to have someone that has your back and that you have their back and realize like, this isn't for me. This isn't for us. We're not going to be a hundred percent accepted here. And even if it was like 50%, the fact that she had to be so on the defense all the time because people talk so much shit about her. It's like, you can't live a life like that. You can't. Just for existing too. Cause she didn't really do anything. Exactly. So, I mean, my take on, I mean, I don't know. It's just so much to unfold, but from what I've seen and read and, and heard about the the crown, how they um, do things over there. I mean, those, it just seems like the Royal family barely has any control over anything. It's it's more like the the people in the cabinet, the people who are like I don't know if a bureau is the correct word, but like the people who tell them like don't do that, that won't look good. I advise the queen this, I advise the queen that. Like, I mean, even if you watch the crown, and obviously it's not hundred percent accurate, you'll get to see like how much pressure they're under to be flawless at all times. They can't even like really even show emotion because it's not what the people want. The people want strength and emotions is weakness and. It's just like, I don't know. It's just so old school and so doesn't seem empathetic of anyone. Right. And to be totally honest with you, I feel like they're just a facade. They're just um, a glimpse of what it used to be. And they really don't run anything. Like who runs everything? It's that firm that she continues talking about. Who Not a firm. She called it a firm. She called it a firm. Yeah, firm. Listen to it. She said firm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're the ones who run everything. They're the ones who tell people what to do, what not to do, how to do it. Yeah, but I mean, if, but that's the same, that's like you holding up an image that's not real. Like you're literally holding an image that's not real and you're expecting someone else who's being trashed since the moment she walked, since the moment she flew out there been trashed and you can't say anything nobody said anything to defend her so and then what got me even more upset is the fact that there every there's people all around that are talking about like oh well you know she she shouldn't have done the interview like it's so uh, wrong of them to uh to put the the queen in this position for them to be like this um this loyal and it's like wait time out First off, there's no disloyalty if the person is not loyal to you. Loyalty works both ways. Either you're loyal to someone who's loyal to you. You can't expect someone to be loyal to you if you're not going to be loyal to me. And obviously, they're not loyal to Megan. They were loyal to the crown, and that's totally fine. But then don't expect me to show you loyalty after that. I will show you respect, which is okay. She didn't, she at no moment went up there and started talking trash about all of them like any right. of them she was very respectful and i felt like she did it 
the most respectful way that a, pos- a person could possibly do it. Because if there are people who could probably have taken that <laughs> that opportunity and trash the whole. I mean, at the end of the day, what do what else do you have to lose? I mean, well, let me retract that because <laughs> we did see what happened to Diana, but it's just the the craziness of people saying, "Well, she's so being she's being so disloyal," but I'm sure if you were in her position, you would have done just the same or worse. So don't judge her for going off and trying to say her her side of the story, whether we believe it or not, whether people care to know or not. It's her side of the story. People talked about her. It's her right to defend herself. End story. Um, I mean, yeah, she could have gone a step further. She could have named names. She could have give exact like case scenarios that happened. Yeah, like on but- July thirteenth of two thousand eighteen, mm-hmm. this person did this. And I didn't say anything. I kept my mouth shut, right? Mm-hmm. She could have went up there and said all, like, just went off. But she yeah. didn't. So let's be a little bit, like, she's graceful. Let's give her that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the fact that, I don't know. I guess it's just so, it just baffles me. But at the same time, this is a monarchy that's been in place for centuries so the fact that people are like what they're racist like yeah yeah they will build <laughs> on this yeah they were built of melan- on this. melanin in there they were built on this this is what i mean to be honest with you this is colonization this is what they did this is how they have all these places out in in canada and in middle Africa, like this is how they made their money. So you're sitting here talking about, oh, I can't believe it. Like you can't believe what? You can't believe history? Like let's not be crazy now. Like they're the ones that came to America. Like they were all colonies. You know, we separated from them because we did the revolution. But they're the same people. You know. I mean, I and this is not to say that like everyone in the royal family are racist but we're saying that like the system is the system, racist. Yes, exactly i'm not saying i mean for all we know that the queen little grandma she's probably like a regular grandma and was so sweet <laughs> to her and was like you know let's just drink some tea and like just the nicest person ever but at the end of the day she had no way of defending this poor girl and no, it doesn't look like she would. It doesn't look like anyone in, in there would without looking disloyal to the crown. Right. So they weren't going to do that. So luckily for her, she has found herself a good man who was willing, willing to let go of everything that he knows, everything that he grew up with mm-hmm. for her and her and his family, which I mean, that's just like it speaks volume of what you know, the love that they both have with you, like the love that they have. It's just, it's true. And you can't like feel, I mean, you could feel bad for the Royals because they are in a position where they can't get out of because they're born into it. But like Harry himself said, like you need to want to make a change. And the fact that they don't want to make a change or want to like even stand up to anything is just like, well, if you don't stand up for something, then you're going to fall for everything. So let's, I mean, you have to pick something. And if you're not going to do it, then don't be mad if I walk away from it. Don't be mad if I'm not going to be able to have a relationship with you because you don't stand for anything. You are just following like years and years of the same crap that's been going on. And you're okay with that. 
you don't want to rock the, uh, rock the boat kind of situation. It's like, no, we can't, we can't do that. We can't talk about um, mental health and all this other stuff that, you know, Prince um, Charles and Williams are going around talking about, but yet not be able to hold yourself accountable of what's really going on within your, your, what do you call it? It's not a firm. What did you call it? Institution. <laughs> Institution. But it's yes. like, that guy, especially Charles, works my damn nerves. <laughs> the whole thing with Princess Diana. I mean. I mean, but that is like, that was more of like a man and a like a love triangle kind of thing. Like, I think everyone was pretty much aware of what the hell was going on. And I mean, that's a whole nother story that we could talk about because that, I'm, I've watched a lot of Diana's footages and what's what supposedly happened behind closed doors because nobody really knows the truth but like the when um prince harry said that his dad um you know there was a time where he stopped picking up his calls i was like the nerve of that guy because you especially should should have a bit more of a um but why what this person's going into because you saw how how we they lost their mother because of the institution and now you're completely fine with like and i'm not gonna sit back and pretend like he didn't benefit from that because he ended up marrying oh, no, the, the woman that he wanted so yeah no he doesn't know the hurt but he this never is loved his kid this is not a woman that he never loved this is a ki his kid <laughs> he never loved a woman the way that his son loves his wife so he doesn't understand why he why his son will take his wife's side instead of taking their side. He's sitting there like, why are you going to another country and lose everything? Like, if I take everything from you, you're going to come back. But no, he really is in love with this this girl and he's going to stay by his girl and his kids. I mean, I, it doesn't fathom. Like, he doesn't understand how that's possible. Like, you're willing to give up all of this? Me? Your family? For women? Like... Well, I mean, he he. I think he did love Camilla since the guy. I think he loved her as much as Harry loves Megan. But he yeah. did things the wrong way, and I can hear you go. I can hear you drinking in the background. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm drinking my caffeine. You know how it is. Mm -hmm. This is a caffeine podcast. What are we gonna do? You have to drink behind it. <laughs> my issue with that, she no, he didn't stand up for Camilla because he should have been marrying her instead because it looked better for him to stay with Diana. He stayed with her and made her life miserable. There's they told he, right and he followed it. Instead of being like, no, I am in love with Camilla. I want to do this. No, he went ahead and went through all this other stuff that he had to go through because again, the institution told him to do so. So where are we with this? You you weren't strong enough to deal with your own love life you're not strong enough to take care of your children you didn't take care of harry you didn't take care of william they're doing the best they can with what they have and i mean that's just me looking from the outside i don't know if that's really true i don't know if that's how it really is going down but what i'm seeing how i see it from here from you know watching the news and like reading articles that's how i see it and that's how i've been seeing it from him from his part now this man found a good wife she wants to be here. She feels better here. And it is what it is. But for you to be upset because he left, it's like, you didn't help me. You didn't do anything to make our life better. What did you think I was going to do? Just like be like, oh, bye, girl. I'm staying here. Like, no, that's his wife and his child. I think they weren't expecting them to 
leave her. I think they wanted to be like, put up with it. We've all put up with this. So you put up with it. There's a difference of putting up. Like this is the I, thing. I, I mean, I it. know that I'm just saying, <laughs> I feel like that's, that was their mentality. I feel like they were like, you know, well, tough shit. Like this is, this is royalty babies. It's showbiz. Like you're either in or you're out. Oh, you're out. Okay. Then you're going to be all the way out. Like, all right, I don't know. that's what it is. I mean, I that hope that the next in line do things a bit more differently and challenge things a lot more. But I doubt it. It's such an outdated, <laughs> and I'm not trying to shit on the UK and the way they do things. I mean, if it works for you guys, it works for you guys. It confuses me anyways, because then they have prime ministers and then they have prime minister, prime ministers. I'm just like, they're just a facade. There's just, they are just a part of history that they're not trying to let go or want to let go. They have the money. So they're staying in this little like bubble and they want to pretend like they are something that they're not anymore. But anywho, um, the other thing that I did want to talk about a little bit is the fact that she came up and talked about her mental health and how um, it affected her being there and, you know, her suicidal thoughts. And I feel like when someone says something like that and nobody listens, is like, I just don't understand like how that is even possible but um what i took from her expressing herself that way and saying these things is that she's a really strong ass woman and she had a strong ass husband and she took herself and was like you know what i'm gonna try to look for help i'm gonna talk to somebody and then they shut her down and she's like all right well you know what i'm gonna still go out and try to find myself some help even if you don't want to help me and i think like that is a strong person that's willing to be able to like hold herself accountable. Like I'm going through stuff. Something's not right. Let me get help. And it's just so important for people to like, not, you cannot expect or wait for people to save you. Like you have to have some strength, get it from somewhere and be able to find it to be able to go out and be like, no, I need help. I'm going to do what I need to do to get it. Even if the whole damn kingdom tells me that I'm crazy, like screw them. Like I'm going to go and get my help. And just do it because nobody is going to care more about yourself than you. Nobody could care. And then after, yeah, after everything happens, they're like, oh, she was such a wonderful person. Oh, you know, we never saw the signs. Like, nah, y'all all knew the signs. Y'all all saw everything. And now you're going to come back and tell me you didn't know. Like, no. So you need to take care of yourself. Put yourself before everyone else, anything else. And understand yourself. Like, okay, I'm having weird thoughts. I'm not feeling good. I don't get out of bed. Like things are happening. I need to make sure that I take care of me and just do it. Don't wait for anybody because people don't understand and people will not care. As crazy as it sounds, there are so many people that do not care about your well-being, your health and your mind. So you have to take it upon yourself to do that. And the fact that she did that and she, you know, was able to like be vocal to her husband and her husband being like, you know what? We're going to do what we got to do. It's just like, it's just so impressive. And like, that was the end that I took. Like, I'm so happy that she found a strong man. I'm so happy that he found a strong woman. And that even people are like, oh, well, she, you know, they got these t- deals here, deals there. And they're making money. Good for them. Good for them. Because you know, as well as I, that they can't be normal people. They can't just be walking around getting a nine to five job. They will not be left alone. And 
or they could get um kidnapped because they're gonna want some ransom from the king and queen. Like, no, <laughs> they're not normal people, so they can't just be doing normal things. We have to be realistic about the situation. They have to be able to make money somehow. They have two kids now. Like one, you know, little Archie looking so cute, and then the baby is coming. Like they have to do what they gotta do for themselves. So y'all need to stop being so judgmental about oh, he's, you know, they got deals here and there. Like, good for them. Good for them. And that's my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> it just irks me sometimes. Like, if people just talk so yeah. much. Edward, I didn't understand why people were complaining that they made a deal with Oprah. Because I know in the beginning they said, like, okay, just so, so we cleared the air. Like, you're not getting paid for this or whatever. But it's like... Okay, but what if they got paid millions of dollars for it? Like, I don't think that's what they're upset about. They're upset that they did some plan with like Hulu and Netflix, and I guess they're gonna do some type of like show. I don't know if it's like a they're gonna be showing themselves kind of show, or I, I'm really not sure what type of show they were talking about. But I think that's what they're more upset about um, because they didn't think of it until and she explained it. Like you know, we didn't. This is not something that we wanted to do. It's something that kind of fell on our laps, and thank God it did. Like you know, like. You would think that you'd be, they will be like, damn, what do I do now? But God gave them that. Like, they were like, nah, you know what? We're going to take care of you. You're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. You do, when you do, people do the good things or people do things the right way, good things come, come around. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, at the end of the day, they're good people. Stuff happened, but they're, at the end of the day, they're still good people. And they deserve to be living a normal life with their children. And why not? Why do you want to be hating on them? Like, um yeah but um the person i get well he, he got on my nerves before <laughs> oh that's oh my god i know who you're gonna talk about morgan <laughs> is that his name morgan? yeah oh my god um yeah he is one of those people who first off he's like a misogynistic sexist bigot sad little man like I can't stand him at all and that's me holding back because I just feel like from what I've seen I, I, he just he just ugh, he's disgusting he rubs you the and, wrong way <laughs> yeah to say the very least but it um the whole thing with how he stormed off of good morning um good morning Britain I don't know what the actual name of the show is good morning UK good morning England I don't know good morning BBC um they yeah it just his, his rant about Megan so I mean I don't know what his issue is but yeah he went he went after her and I'm glad that um his that host put him in his place that co-host put him in his place it was like and it wasn't even like an attack it was just a sincere question like what is your issue with this woman like why like what is your problem and I guess it, it got him it got him right in the feels that he had to storm off. Well, because he was like, you know, she has the right to, like, not be with you. Like, she has the right to, like, not befriend you. Like, for you to be so upset that she decided not to talk with you or, like, anything with you. It's just so, like, it's just a, on another level. Like, you really are harping on this. And it's been, like, what, three years, four years, and you still won't let that go? Like, Why? To make it your mission to like try to drag her, yeah. Like, but that's, but that's the thing. Like he had the ability to do so. He 
there was nothing or nobody telling him to stop. And that's the problem. That right there is a problem that they allow people like him to talk all this, all the smack. Like, really? I just feel like um, no one ever really stood up to him. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Cause again, I don't really follow this person. I don't really care to hear about what this man has to say. But it seems like this was the first time that someone actually called him out on his shit in person, on live TV. Um, I've seen people call him out on his shit on social media, but everyone's a lot braver behind behind their little screens. So I don't know. But yeah, he, he annoys me. But with, with Megan, like... That interview it did bring up a lot and brought up um, family issues, race issues, um, suicide issues, like mental health issues. And I think even if you're not about the like, even if you don't give a rat's ass about the royal family, because I know a lot of Americans are like, um, okay, like I don't understand. Like, it, it's it's a lot, but um, I think that it's definitely worth watching and. Um, I I get that they are privileged people, because they are. I mean, but they're still human. They still feel what you feel. So you have Um, to be a little bit more conscientious about that and understand that, you know, just like anyone else, if you're being harassed and attacked, you're going to start getting crazy ideas in your head that you're not worthy, and that is that is a problem right there. Yeah, that that the world would be better off without you in it. Um, yeah, it's crazy, but I'm glad that she's doing better. I'm glad that um, they both had the strength to get up and leave. They saw. Oh my gosh, I'm having I'm having a brain fart. But there was that quote like, "You have to know when to leave the table when love is no longer being served," and it's gonna bother me. But I, I that's definitely what they did, and it's that's the hardest thing. Like, it's hard enough to walk away from something. That isn't like family, you know, if it's a friend that you're no longer on the same wavelength with, that's hard breaking up with a friend, but like your actual like flesh and blood. Well, I think for her, the, it was hard to leave. <laughs> right. For her, it was hard to leave uh, a dream, an idea of what she thought it would be or would have been. Um, and for him, yeah, leaving everything that he's ever known, everything and even like the security, you know. The security of everything that you have. And now everything's been taken away. And it's just like, okay, now I have to figure out. I never worked a day in my life. I, I'm i like, he, like you said, he was privileged, like in a different level and sense. And, but at the end, everything works out if you do things the right way and if you do it for the right cause. I feel like that's just the way the universe works. That's the way that good karma comes around. Like, you do things the right way. You try your best. You do things the right way. The good thing is waiting for you at the next stop. You just have to make it there. And I am 100%. Like, I honestly believe that because it happened in my life. Like, it's just stuff that you have to just let go of what is holding you back. Let go of that fear. And then move move a little. Move an inch. And that good karma comes and hits you. And you're just like, damn. So... <laughs> So yeah, we have um, a question that was actually posted on our IG that we wanted to talk about. Um, so would you like to read the question, Elsie? Well, 
we've been asking you guys to ask us any questions, anything that you guys want to um, talk about. Doesn't necessarily have to be questions about us, but can be um, just any anything that like anything that's on your mind, basically. Or if you have any scenarios that you need poor sisterly advice on, we are here to help. And um, someone did ask us. Um, well, we had two questions. One of them was um, from my friend regarding what it was like growing up in New York, (laughs) which we didn't cover. And basically, I feel like when you're growing up in New York, it's just like you don't really realize what. Well, for me, anyways, my experience of it is I guess I didn't really realize how unique it is. I mean, you hear it and you see it in the movies and it's obviously glamorized, but it's also not in a way. Um, and it wasn't until I left New York that I really noticed that it's fucking amazing that you can get a bagel <laughs> at four in the morning or you can get amazing thin crust pizza or you never have a fucking dull day in Manhattan because everything, you bump into like a crazy person every other block. It, there's there's just so much here, um, and yeah, I mean, and then you got the accents. If you if you have a thing for accents, what accent <laughs> there's nothing was that? like it. I love being from New York. <laughs> okay, if you say so. You know, fun fact: I've been talking like some. My fiance and I have known each other for years now, and he didn't tell me up until. Two years ago or a year ago, he's like, you know, I never knew what brick meant. I'm like, I've been saying it since the day we met. He's like, yeah, I never knew what you meant. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to Google it. I had no idea I meant cold. He pretends to know. I think he's like me where he like has to be a know-it-all. And I don't, I think he doesn't like to admit when he doesn't know something. Because when I talk to his sister, she'll ask me like, what does that mean? I'm like, if you don't know, I'm pretty sure Scott doesn't know. And he hasn't asked me. Or no, see, I would be it. the annoying person because I'll be like, what does that mean? What is that? <laughs> But the other question was, um, as sisters, <laughs> as sisters, how do you draw the line between what is yours and what is shared? Oh, do you want to do you want to answer that though? No. Okay. <laughs> so the way that we um, learned to share was our parents plain simple um they taught us that we needed to it was either sharing or everything was taken away so we had to compromise or we wouldn't have anything they're saying where how do you draw the line there was no line to be drawn we didn't have the choice our parents drew the line for us yes (laughs) and as we grew up we realized well i mean we already was taught that that we were just like okay and then also we have different likes and styles. So it wasn't really like we were looking for the same thing or wanted each other's stuff. I think, yeah, I think we also all have like the same level of sharing. Because I know some people who that will like, they don't care about sharing everything. Like they'll share a lollipop. And for me, I love you, but I don't want to share a lollipop with you. You know? Okay. <laughs> so. so you were talking about... Um, yeah, so um, full disclosure, we lost a little bit of our <laughs> of our recording, so we're kind of just updating this. And I wanted to 
um, just bring up the topic that happened um, in the UK with that abduction. And I let me actually going to try and make it really quick because it's um, it's about Sarah Everard, and I hope that I pronounced that correctly. But basically, she was walking home from a friend's house, um, and then she went missing for I think about nine days, and it ended up being a cop that raped and murdered her. My fiance was telling me something about how there's a curfew now for men out there. So women can stay out late, but men have to be home at a certain time. And that's as a way to prevent these things from happening, to keep women safe after dark. And I don't know if they completely implemented it or they're talking about doing it. Which, I mean, I was telling him that the idea is nice, but those people who follow that curfew aren't the problem. It's the people who want to break the rules. That it's not it's not about, you know, keeping men in, in curfews or putting <laughs> rules. It's about as a society and people taking advantage of their, of their privilege, which their power. Know, yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. That's, that's the issue. Well, let's say even if it was a random man, like my thing is, even if you implement a curfew, the men who are okay with going out there and hurting and raping and murdering are not going to give a damn about a curfew. Like they're fine with breaking the rules. So it's just, I don't know. I think that they're going about it the wrong way if they are actually considering it. Um, but what I wanted to say is that it just, it made my blood boil so much because you hear about, and I'm not saying all men, but you hear about men who have these bad intentions or like just hurt women like any way like I know we were talking about Pierce Morgan and I feel like what he's doing is like a type of harassment a type of bullying like you aren't just doing it because you actually have a problem with her you're doing it out of a personal thing like this girl snubbed you um you guys went on a supposed date I don't even know if that's true because I don't really believe anything he says and but you were married let's just put that out you're a married <laughs> man and that's yeah, but if the wife doesn't leave, I mean, isn't it doesn't look like it was a secret. Um, it's it's just that that idea of like I'm gonna get back at her because she rejected me. Like that kind of violence is just it pisses me off. It's like take your mom issues and get out of here. Like that's not something that like I don't know. I just feel like women shouldn't have to put up with that shit, and um, men need to do better. You need to step up. If you see something going down, you see a girl being uncomfortable around another guy or being harassed or being um, yeah, sexually assaulted, like step up. You don't have to. And I understand because I know if I saw something, I don't know if I would feel like I got to step in there, like right in the middle. But take a picture of what's going on, record it, call the police, do something. Don't just be like a, a bystander that looks the other way because that happens a lot. And I actually, I had a situation where I was in a bathroom and I got followed by some guy and it was a co-ed bathroom and there was people in that bathroom, but this guy tried to come into the stall with me and thankfully he didn't, he wasn't successful at doing that, but there was two other guys in there and I wasn't sure if they were like, not related, but like, um, if they knew one another, but after that guy that tried to get in the stall with me left, I'm assuming he left, 
I heard the other two guys talking about it. Like, oh my God, did you see that? But like, how come you didn't speak up? How come you didn't say, hey, what the fuck's going on? Clearly, I didn't know that guy. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even look back at him. I wasn't smiling. I was, like, I just went in to do my business. So like, how come you didn't step up? How come you didn't say anything if you saw what happened? I don't know. But that's like, <laughs> that's my rant. Many to step up and do better. Women, please stay safe. It's unfortunate, but we have to be two steps ahead. We're prey. You know, make sure that you're, you're being safe. And then cops, of course, we all know this by now, they need to do better. And when we're talking about men do better, we're talking about fathers do better. Mothers do better. Teach your kids. Women and men need to teach their children that even though they're boys or they're girls, they all need to be respected the same way. And this whole, um, well, they're just boys. They could, they're going to act like boys crap that I hear all the time. It's so annoying. Like they're not just boys because they then turn into men that take, that try to take advantage of women because they were taught that that was okay when they were young. When they're young, all they're doing is pulling hair and, you know, teasing. But when they get older, it's more serious stuff. And then you add all the hormones and all the testosterone, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's just, <laughs> it's just so much more dangerous when you guys just like make it sound like it's nothing big. It's nothing big now, but if you keep encouraging this type of behavior and not respect other people, whether no matter what they are, there's another. I mean, it's just it could just go on and on because we're talking about just common courtesy of like respecting your elders, just like old school respect everyone. Like there's no need for you to think that anything belongs to you, anyone belongs to you. This that's not how it works, right? So we have to start teaching. I mean, I have two boys, and I pray for boys. Like I wanted two boys because I. You know, I was raised with four girls, well, three girls and my mom. So it was a lot of girls in my house. Um, and I just wanted to have boys. I wanted to experience having little boys running around. And it's just the, the now the, the pressure of making sure that they grow up to, good, to be good men. It's just, I feel it. And I see it every day. And I just... Like that is my main goal to make sure that they learn to respect women, to learn to respect themselves and to carry themselves as gentlemen, because that's what I'm raising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's like, oh, it's OK. Like, it's so it's totally excusable. But then they grow up and become society's problem. And it's like, why? We didn't ask for this. Like, <laughs> if you didn't know how to teach them to get rejected. And I, and I listen, I'm sure that some people do try and there's just really people that like you can't fix, like something happened. I don't know. But um, I don't know. We just have to do better. And then, yeah, girls, women need to stick together. Because if we don't, I mean, who else? Who else we got, ladies? <laughs> It's a sad truth, but who else we got? And um, yeah, and, and we have to talk to men. And, and I mean, I guess we don't have to, but because it, it, I think it should be pretty self-explanatory, pretty plain to see the inequalities. But 
have that conversation with them and make them understand that it's still an issue. Well, we can't change the past, but we can work on our future and our future are our kids. So we start working on the kids that we have, all the kids that we have around, whether it's our nieces, nephews, like everyone that are able to understand and is going to be learning at this point, just put it in their heads, equality, 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 because what they were, what we were taught and what our, you know, older people was taught was that women are for one thing and men are for others. And at the end of the day, that lifestyle is over. Like we all do everything mm-hmm. and we need to like keep up with the time. Like equality is what's right in every, for human race, <laughs> equality is what's right. Yeah. 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 I'm not trying to, um, I- I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> I'm just going to say that, um, I'm not blind to other people, like other marginalized groups issues. I know that they're like, we have a long way to go and it's so crazy. Basically it just amazes that like when I, when I was researching and I was reading all these things that this lady was writing and saying and telling people, um, telling girls like, Hey, um, you don't need to do this. You don't need to be that. I'm like, this is really sad that this was all written and said back in like the early 1800s and that it still applies today. It's it's sad. But I'll get off my soapbox, guys. Just want to, it, it, it was brought up. I saw something on it and it just pissed me off and it set me off. Okay. Um, thanks for following. And if you're still listening to our podcast, um, episode six, thank you for listening still and please share like follow subscribe rate review all that good stuff and yeah all right till next one (laughs) to the next one (laughs) to the next one all right thanks bye